last night I had a young lady pray for terror before she spoke. And uh, I asked the Lord to lead me to a young man that would do that tonight. Joshua Sanchez has asked if he could have his buddy stand with him while he prays. The last couple of years have not been an easy road for Joshua. But he's going to pray a simple prayer. And uh, he's going to ask the Lord's blessing on this night. And he's going to ask the Lord's blessing on Tara's teaching. Dear Lord, please help us on tonight's teaching. I thank you for Tara being here, letting us or letting us get more knowledge about you, making us stronger in your relationship and being next to you, claiming that walk right to you. interesting that he prayed, God help us to climb the wall tonight to get to you. But here's what you need to understand. There is no wall for you to climb through. There is a wall that the Spirit of God is just going to come in and bust through and break through. And he's right on the other side. And I don't think us, that we, myself included, really fully understands what the Lord is doing this week. Um, and he is doing something beautiful in our midst. And my prayer tonight is that he would come do what only he can do. I don't want you to see me up here. I want you to see the cross of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to hear my voice tonight. I want you to hear the literal voice of God tonight. Last night, we talked about death to selfie. And, and what does that mean? And Peter was all in. Jumping out of a boat to get to Christ. And the fact that you're here this week tells me that you're all in. And the best part, God rewards those who earnestly seek Him with all of their heart. How have you responded to the question of Jesus when he asks you, Child, do you love me? Did you hear him ask you that today when you were swimming in the lake? Did you hear Jesus asking you that today when you were playing in the pool? As you stood in line at the camp store for a t-shirt or a snow cone, did you hear the voice of God calling out to you, saying, Child, do you love me? See, he's always talking, but we miss it because we're listening for the wrong voice. We're, we're trying to climb a wall to get to God when God's saying, hey, I'm ready to come in and bust down that wall if you're ready to just step through. If you're ready to just walk through. 
And I think tonight's that night for you. We've been talking about death to selfie, and the verse says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Tonight we're talking about this one part where it says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. We just sang it. Did did you catch it? The words were, you can have it all, God. That's a bold statement. I mean, were you just singing it because everyone else was singing it, or did you mean it? Because I think the reality is that sometimes it's really easy to sing songs and it doesn't match our hearts. Because if I'm being honest, there's parts of me that I don't want to give to God. Because I want control. I want to write the story for how it goes. I want it to be my way, not God's way. But see, we just sang it. You can have it all, God. Were we just singing that song or was it a cry of our hearts? So the question for you is, who here wants to follow God? For real, for real. Okay, look around the room. It's a lot of hands. That's what we're talking about tonight. Who wants to be a follower of God? Another word is a disciple. So I looked it up. What is a disciple? A disciple is this. Someone who accepts and helps to spread the teachings of a famous person. Pretty self-explanatory. I like it. And and I looked up what is a follower. A follower is an adherent or devotee of a particular person, cause, or activity. A disciple, apostle, supporter, defender, champion. I like that word. A believer, a true believer, a worshiper, a follower of Christ. Listen to this, a fan, enthusiast, admirer, devotee, lover, supporter, adherent. Someone who is tracking a particular person, group, organization on a social media website or application. A person who moves or travels behind someone or something. I like that. I like that a follower of Christ means a fan, an enthusiast, an admirer. But the reality is my life tells a different story. And I think some of yours does too. Because it's all about me, like me, love me, laugh at my jokes, like my posts, follow me. Cute poses on social media. Girls, you be dressing in a way to get attention and to draw attention to yourself. You're not a fan of Jesus Christ. Men, some of the things that you do in the the way that you live your life doesn't declare or, or say that you are a fan or follower of Jesus Christ. So here lies in the problem, because we sing the songs at camp and we say, yeah, that's what I want, my hand is in the air, but our life looks different. Anyone with me? Fantastic. There's nine of us tonight. A follower of Christ is a fan, enthusiast, an admirer. Do you admire Jesus? 
Or do you admire someone of the opposite sex who's cute or who you're trying to get with? Because the reality is, if, if you were really a fan of Jesus Christ, you would not be making a plan to sneak out of the cabin to hook up with someone. Just saying. If you were really an admirer of Jesus Christ, you would get unstuck off yourself in the mirror and look at Christ. A person who moves or travels behind someone or something. All of us follow someone or something. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And most of us here this week will say that we want to follow Jesus. But the reality is we don't. Some of us, men in the room in particular, you'll cheer louder during a sports game for your team at the Super Bowl than you will Jesus. People got to come up during worship and they got to pump you up and they got to read a verse and they got to tell you about who God is. They got to pave the way and they got to say, hey, come on, isn't God great? Let's tell God how great he is. And then even still, we sit down and we talk and we do our own thing. You're not a fan of Jesus Christ if you can't worship Him. If you can't praise the Lord for who He is, then then you don't understand who He is. I mean, we can worship ourselves all day long, right? Ooh, I look fly, look at my shoes, look at my clothes, look at my whatever, fill in the blank. You know what I'm talking about. But, but we can't worship God. We've got to have people that come up and pump us up. But, oh, man, we can scream at a football game. Football has never saved your life. The Golden State Warriors have never laid down their lives for you. So why is that? Why is that the case? Why is it so easy to be a fan and a follower of broken, sinful humans than it is Jesus Christ? I think there's, there's three reasons for that. Jesus told us in this verse, if you want to be a follower or a disciple of me, there's three action words. Give up your own way, take up your cross, follow me. Give, take, follow. Real simple. Three points, we're going to be out of here. To give up our own way means to declare that we are not God. To trust someone else's way. To give up our own way means to declare that we are not God. To trust someone else's way. This happens in in areas of forgiveness, living holy lives, being kind to those who are mean to you. God asked Noah to build a boat long before there was ever a drop of rain. Poor Noah. There's no Lowe's. There's no Home Department store, Home Depot store. I mean, Home Department, whatever. (laughs) Home Depot, Lowe's, San Angelo Lumber Stockyard. There ain't nothing. No power tools. No Bob Vila. No YouTube tutorials. And God was very specific. Make it out of gopher wood. Make it this tall, this high, this wide, this deep. And it took him days. Splinters. You think carrying around your wooden cross is difficult? Try building a boat. Not to mention all of his neighbors and all of his buddies pass by every day. Noah, you okay? Tripping? Feeling okay? Fever? Been out in the sun? <laughs> and they made fun of him. But see, Noah understood that to be a follower of Christ Jesus meant that he had to trust God's way and not his. Noah built the boat long before there was ever rain. God asked Abraham, check this. I've been chewing on this story for weeks. 
Abraham was talking to God right now, one night. And Abraham said, God, like, bless me. What's going on? And God was like, Abraham, look at the stars, bro. As many stars as there are, that's how many people I'm going to give you. That's how many children I'm going to give you. Now, the problem is this. Abraham was an old dude. I'm talking, like, well-qualified for the senior citizen discount. Old dude. Okay? Your body doesn't work like it does once you start getting older. All right? Ask your grandma. Well, don't ask her, actually. But... It, it doesn't. It doesn't work like like it normally does. And so Abraham was an old man, and his wife Sarai was an old lady. And God said, "Abraham, I promise you, I'm going to take care of you." Do you know how long it took between God's promise and the fulfillment of God's promise? Twenty three years. Twenty three years. He was close to a hundred when it happened, y'all. I don't know if you've been around 100-year-olds, but they play bingo and smell like mothballs. They ain't having babies. <laughs> 23 years is what it took, but Abraham trusted God. Kind of. He kind of got it wrong a little bit on the way. But he trusted God, and so Abram and Sarah finally have their son, their long-awaited son, the promise that they've been waiting for. And you know what God tells Abraham? Real funny. says, hey, Abraham, take your son and sacrifice him to me. Awkward. God, are you serious? I've been waiting 23 years for this. But see, Abraham knew that to follow God meant to trust someone else's way and not his own. So he packs his son. They get the wood, the coals. They start their journey. They're going up a mountain. And back in Bible times, they always made sacrifices. So his son's like, Dad, uh, did we forget a goat back there? <laughs> There's no goat, no cow, no sheep. Got everything. Can you imagine Isaac, what he felt? You know what Abraham said? Well, son, actually you're the sacrifice. Hate to break it to you, but take it easy and we'll we'll get through it. Uh, Can you imagine? That's crazy. Abraham said, son, God will provide. And so they get up to the top of the mountain and Abraham lays his son on top of the altar and ties him down. This is like the stuff that you call CPS for. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have CPS back in Bible time. And he ties him down. And Abraham actually has his knife raised. Think God's ways don't make sense? They don't because you're not God. He is. You will never be God. But you can always trust God. And it was in that moment that an angel spoke out and said, Abraham, stop. And Abraham stopped, and there in the thicket, in the bush, was a ram. God indeed had provided. Father and son went home. To follow Jesus means to trust in his way, not your own. To follow Jesus means taking up your cross. And taking up your cross means to suffer, to mimic Christ. It was hilarious in the cabin today. A small group leader said, girls, don't. Don't forget, we don't have to take our cross. It's free time. Some of these little girls go, yay! But you know what? Isn't that how we do our lives? Oh, I can uncheck. I don't have to carry my cross today. It's not Sunday. I don't know about you, but when I was your age, I was like, on Sundays, I got to be real good, right? Going to church, I got to smell good. I got to look good. I got to be good. Come Friday night, I am so deep in sin, it's unreal. And that's how we live our lives sometimes. We pick and choose when we want to follow Jesus. We pick and choose when we want to take up our cross and follow him. But God says it doesn't work like that. 
Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, you have to take up your cross. And we're not talking a physical wooden cross. We're doing that this week at camp to teach you a lesson. But Jesus isn't asking you to go home and carry around a wooden cross. What he's asking you to do is to let that be the backbone of who you are. To let that define who you are. Taking up your cross means to suffer. It means to mimic Christ. It's hard work. It's uncomfortable. It's heavy. It's inconvenient to live like Jesus. It is entirely inconvenient to forgive people that have wronged you. It will never be easy to forgive people. It will never be convenient to forgive people. It will never be comfortable to forgive people. Some people will never apologize to you. They're never going to ask for your forgiveness. It is never convenient to pick up your cross. The disciples, they were shipwrecked, beaten. They were physically sawn in two. Like, cut in two. Think that didn't hurt? It's never comfortable to carry your cross. Judas. Judas was one of the disciples, and he chose not to take up his cross because at the end, when all of the, the stuff was hitting the fan and things were going down and Jesus was in the garden praying and literally sweating drops of blood because he was in so much agony over the sin of the world and the brokenness of the planet, here comes homeboy Judas betraying Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, some nickels and dimes. Judas literally just like that, turned his back on Jesus. Judas didn't pick up his cross and follow Jesus, but instead he went for the pleasure of money. To forget your cross is to forget your identity. This is who you are. Anything less is a lie. To forget your cross, to walk without your cross, is to not walk with Christ. When you choose to not take up your cross every day and follow him, you choose to not walk with Christ. And how foolish to say, God, where are you? You've left me again. The whole time Jesus is like, actually, no. Right here waiting on you. And I'll be here when you're ready. We're the ones that choose to walk away. And we do it all the time. We don't want to carry our cross, but we expect Jesus to carry us. We don't want to carry our cross and die to ourselves, but we expect Jesus to carry our sin, to carry our family, to carry our burdens. It's pride. It's foolishness. Following Jesus means giving up on your own way and giving up on your selfish ways and declaring that God is God and you are not. Being a follower of Jesus means taking up your cross and choosing to suffer to mimic Christ. And last, following Jesus means to let Jesus lead. We often navigate our own lives, making our own choices without regards to the ways or wisdom of the Lord, and then wonder why we shipwreck. The Bible says this, that he who is pregnant with evil gives birth to death. It says this, be careful because there's sin knocking on your door and it wants to take over you. You have to learn how to master it. 
The, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so often we get it twisted because we're like, man, my, my life is whack and things are going wrong and I can't find God and blah, 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 blah. But you don't take into account how you're living your life. You know why you don't know where God is? Because you haven't picked up your Bible in two months. Because you're listening to Drake and Kixie and all this crap instead of listening to things that point you to Jesus. I, I will never lose weight killing boxes of Twinkies, right? <laughs> no one ever gets fit and gets ripped and gets big muscles sitting on the couch. But that's how we do it with the things of the Lord. We say, God, I don't know where you're at, and I'm struggling with the sin, and my life is whack, but see, what you put in is what you get out. You trying to lead your own life. You trying to be your own God. You're not the one who endured the cross. You're the one trying to tell God how to call the shots. Hey, God, I need you to hook me up with this. I need you to do this. Anyone ever, here, here's a classic example. How many of you have prayed for God's blessing on a test when you have not studied and you've fallen asleep in class? You have not done your homework, right? We call that a Hail Mary prayer, man. I did that so much in college, I consider myself a professional past test prayer. It goes something like this. Um, hey, God, could you, uh, could you maybe help a friend out? I'm going to ask you again. Next time I'm going to study, I'm going to pay attention, right? But God, please... And then I don't know if this has happened to you, but it happened to me in college. I walk out of there with my head held high. I'm like, whew, I aced that. Man, God came through. God is so clutch. This is fantastic, right? And I feel on top of the world. And, and I, I'm just like killing it that week. And then two weeks later, my grades come out. And it's like 45 on a test. And they always write the F in permanent red marker. Anyone else? That's how they do it up north. And I'm like, oh, snap. But isn't that how we do God sometimes? We treat him like a genie in a bottle. But we're not even willing to put in any effort. And see, the crazy thing is, God wants to give you so much more than the piddly whittly things you're asking for. To be a follower of Jesus means to let Jesus lead. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a Oh, that was weak. Come on, y'all. We're going to try this again. I'm going to step back and I'm going to step forward. Here we go. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a Right? Wee little dude. Short little dude. Zacchaeus would have never been able to get on top of the rocket and rocket. Pun intended. You're welcome. And see, Zacchaeus was a tax collector and he stole from other people because he could do that. He made profit. But then one day he's curious because Jesus is passing through and Zacchaeus is in a tree. Now when I first read that, I thought, how funny, Jesus must have been walking like this. <laughs> but he didn't. See, the thing is this, Jesus knows everything. He sees all. And if you're genuinely seeking him out, he sees that. And he rewards that. And so Jesus is like, hey, bro, wee little man, Shardy, what up? <laughs> Come down. Let's go have dinner at your place. I think that's why I like to keep my house clean. Just in case Jesus shows up. Just in case. And so Jesus goes to the house of Zacchaeus and he has dinner. And instantly, Zacchaeus repents. 
Jesus didn't put him on blast. Jesus didn't scoot the glasses down over his nose and say, Now Zacchaeus, I've been watching. We need to have a family conversation. He didn't say that, man. Jesus loved Zacchaeus where he was and as he was. And because of that, it was the kindness of God. Zacchaeus' life was changed. And Zacchaeus repented and he turned from his wicked ways. And he paid the people back that he stole from. He didn't just pay him back what he stole. He paid them back plus some. To be a follower of Jesus means to let Jesus lead It's not enough to sing a song at camp. It's not enough to wear a House of Faith shirt. It's not enough to just raise our hands and surrender if that doesn't match your heart. You guys are are walking the straight and narrow path and some of you have so much crap in your lives, it's unreal. You're carrying things that you don't have to carry. You don't have to save your family. You don't have to quit trying to do drugs. You don't have to quit trying to look at pornography. All you have to do is fix your eyes on Jesus Christ and the cross. And that changes everything. But we miss it because we're too stuck on ourselves, man. We're, We're looking in the mirror and trying to convince ourselves that we are worthy of love. And that we're okay. And that somehow we fit into this crazy world. And that even though my family treats me like whack, that it's okay, I don't need them. And we tell ourselves all these lies all the time. And Jesus is like, I'm trying to tell you it's true. If you would just listen. If you would just look at me. And Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of everything. It's perfect and it's pure. Mario, you can throw that picture up. To be a follower means to turn from selfish ways. Take up your cross and let Jesus lead. Too hard? Is it too hard? Is it too heavy? Are you too stuck on yourself? All you have to do is stare into the eyes that define who you are. Nothing will ever, ever compare to the high price that Jesus Christ paid. Nothing will ever compare to what he did for you on the cross. And that picture doesn't even do it justice. The Bible says that they beat him up so bad you couldn't recognize him. He didn't endure the beating of the cross and the whips of the lashes and the thorns pressed into his head so that you could live your life with a broken heart. He didn't endure the cross and literally lay down his life. I mean, think about it. He never told a lie. Jesus never said a cuss word. He never cheated on his homework as a boy. He never took nothing that wasn't his. He never killed anyone. He never had hatred or bitterness or unforgiveness in his heart towards anyone. He laid down his life so that you could be free. Your life will never compare to the life of Jesus Christ. Your accomplishments, your successes... Your academic records, your your sports championship, it's rubbish, it's tarnished compared to Jesus Christ. He's brilliant and he's beautiful and he's pure and he's big and he's holy and he's faithful and he loves you so much. Oh man, he loves you so much. 
And he paid it all so that you could be free. So that you could die to yourself. And it's not doom and gloom. It's like, I gave this example last week, okay? It was my birthday. My friend said, where did you want to go? I didn't say McDonald's. It's my birthday, right? I don't want no McDonald's. I don't want no nasty, fake dollar hamburger. I wanted steak. So we went to the Lawaki Steakhouse. I've never been there, but my goodness. I don't know why y'all clapping. I guess you hungry for steak too. I killed so much steak that night. Because see, when you broke all the time, you eat carbs. It's all about uh, tortillas and mac and cheese at my crib. Really. Spaghetti with sauce, no meat. Spaghetti with the jar of sauce. The dollar sauce. Sometimes from the food bank. But when it was my birthday, I said, man, we're going to go eat. And they brought out this giant platter of steak, and I killed it. I killed it. I was full of steak for days. And as good as that was, it's, it fails in comparison to what I'm trying to tell you tonight. God is trying to give you the kingdom. He's giving you himself. He's inviting you to be a part of his family. He's inviting you to turn from your wicked, selfish ways, the sin in your life. I'm tired of sin in my life, man. I'm tired of asking God to forgive me for the same thing again and again and again. I'm tired of settling for less than what Jesus paid for me. Nothing will ever compare to the love and grace and mercy and forgiveness and purity of Jesus Christ. This is who Jesus is. This is what the gospel is. And this, I told you last night, it was an invitation. And you all got on your knees and you said, God, come wreck shop in my life. And he's doing that. And he's doing that in my life this week. But here's what I want to say. You can bank on Jesus Christ. You can bank on Jesus Christ. There is no sin too great that he cannot forgive. I'm the last person that should be up here teaching. I spent 10 years stoned out of my mind every day. Drunk. There's a big part of my life I don't remember. I don't remember certain people in my life. I don't remember their names. I don't remember where I know them from. But you know what? Jesus paid it all for me to be free. And I'm free. And that that doesn't define me, man. That doesn't devalue me in any way. When Jesus looks at me, he doesn't see Tara in her, her shipwrecks. He doesn't see Tara in her failures. He sees Tara, my child, that I love. That is what he sees when he sees you. The question is, is that what you want? Is that what you really want? Because you can't have the blessing of God without being committed. You can't. You will never be satisfied off of a McDonald's hamburger when you can have a big old steak. And that is like the kingdom of God. Y'all are trying to be satisfied off your fake nasty hamburgers of self when it will never compare to Jesus Christ. He's brilliant. 
Did you know that in heaven, all day and all night, the angels and the saints never stop singing and, and saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Billions and billions of angels. It's pure. It's beautiful. It's awesome. And one day, those of us who are saved get to join into that chorus. They never stop worshiping him. Because that is how brilliant and beautiful he is. You will never be satisfied or fulfilled off of being the God of your own life. Search your heart. What is it you really want? Do you really want to taste freedom? Do you really want everything that Jesus paid for? Do you really want to be free from the hatred and anger in your heart about your family stuff? Do you really want to go home and change your world? Do do you really want to know and taste and see that the Lord is good? Do you want to know beyond the shadow of a doubt in the depth of your heart that God is for you and not against you, that he loves you and he sees greatness in you? Because the offer is there. The question is, what would you like? God is unchanging. It's one of my favorite characteristics of him. The Bible says that he is the same today as he was yesterday, and he'll be that tomorrow. I can bank on it. God is constant. And I'm going to cash in on that. To be a follower of Jesus means to turn from selfish ways, to take up our cross and to follow him. Nothing that I ever go through in my life, no struggle, no hardship, will ever compare to what Jesus Christ endured. Some of you are tripping up because you're struggling, because you're tired. Just like Karen said earlier, we sang, Refresh me, God. I get it. I do. I was a camper once. I, I get it. But you know what? As whack as some of your situations are, it will never compare to the situation that Jesus Christ put himself in so that you could be free from that. Your sin does not define you. Your failures do not devalue you. Your whack family does not determine who you're going to be when you grow up. Everything is found in the cross and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. And what I'm telling you is it's yours for the taking. It's a free gift. You don't have to do anything. You will never earn it. But Jesus loves you so much that when he looks at you, he says, man, you are worth dying for. I've got this. That's the offer on the table tonight. That's the steak dinner in front of you. The question is, is that what you really want? Because you can't eat of the buffet and not do your part in following Christ. You know what I'm saying? It's a tough conversation, I know. talking to myself tonight, too. But it's yours for the taking. All you have to do is receive. I'm going to pray. Then we're going to dismiss quietly. No one talking. We'll start at the back of the room. This front group can go out the side door. Don't talk. Small group leaders, I'm assuming you'll hear a horn. And it's time to do something. Father, I'm so incredibly thankful for who you are. God, that you are constant. And God, you're so 
brilliant and you're so beautiful and you're so pure and you're so perfect and you're so holy and you're faithful and you're strong and you're big and you're mighty to save and you gave it all God you gave it all your very own son so that we wouldn't have to die a physical death on the cross Jesus you endured the pain and the brutality and being made fun of You ask us to do very little. But God, so often we act as if you're asking us to climb on a cross and die. God, forgive us for our pride. God, forgive me for my pride, for my foolishness, for telling you that it's just too hard, for telling you that I don't want to do it today because I'm tired and I'm stressed out and I kind of just want to do my own thing for a minute. God, forgive me. Forgive us for cheating your gift like trash. God, forgive us for settling for less than what you paid for. And and God, we say yes to what you're doing this week, God. Thank you that you are a God who stands behind the giant brick wall ready to break through. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for seeing greatness in us. God, thank you for rescuing us before we ever asked you to. God, thank you for pursuing us in your love, God. Thank you for seeing me in my sin, God, in my reckless ways and fighting for me, never once against me. God, thank you for these cameras. God, I'm asking again boldly that you would wreck shop in their lives God tonight and tomorrow and Thursday and Friday let this be a marking moment God let the scales fall from their eyes God let them see how they've settled for less than what you paid for and God may we be found faithful in turning from our selfish ways and taking up our cross and God and following you We love you. We love you. God, we are so desperate for you. For you to come in and save the day. Help us, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. That's what we're going to do. discussion is over, you'll know because the air horn will blow. So don't let your kids run around and tell you the air blow or air horn blow because there's other groups, you know, would be a distraction. When the air horn blows as a group, you need to go right from your group to the dining hall for the snack. Get your snack together, then from there, you're gonna come back in here. Like,